0: Bismillah ar wa nasalli ala kareem. ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet. Peace be upon him. Continuing silence on page 35. Let's go out for a moment, I said.
1: Let's go out for a moment, I said. Grandpa nodded approval with a smile of joy. As I pushed open the wet door, the song of the birds broke in from the trees like the rising of a fountain. Never before had I felt so deeply the sheer joy of being alive. We sat down near the hut and took off our clothes. In the seams of the cloth, the firmly entrenched lice looked just like white dust, and as I crushed them one by one with a stone, I felt an inexpressible thrill of delight. Is this what the officials feel when they capture and kill the Christians?
0: Mm. So, what do you think about this? (laughs) Should uh, a pious Christian, a pious Muslim, feel joy in crushing lice? You think? Or in killing a bug, snake. But it's
1: not just a bug, it's something that's like causing you pain. Like, like a nasty one? You. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, the general notion uh, uh, in fiqh is you should not accept an exceptions given for these types of things. You should not what? We should not be killing them. Um, but an exception, like bugs in general. Yeah. But an exception is given for things like lice, yeah. rats, you know, snakes. Orpans. Scorpions yeah and your, your principles there right you know that it's gonna cause you pain or danger and all that stuff and yeah um, and so so it's now finally sunny and and the birds are singing this is, this always reminds you of like fudger time these days like you know you can start hearing the birds singing at this moment and I think there's something in our human experience that when you hear birds singing it just its causes pleasure right I don't know what it is. The, you know the birds are chirping or whatever um, I think usually we have a uh, you know it seems nice it feels nice to hear that happen yeah so. okay let's continue wait so
1: we decided that a pious Muslim and Christian it's okay to feel joy I mean
0: it's safe for a pious Muslim huh? yeah I think a pious Muslim um, what is he feeling the joy over what do you think is he feeling the joy over the killing or what
1: like crushing that thing that was causing you so much pain and discomfort.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we should feel joy for that, right? Uh, Unless you feel joy for like some type of joy for cleaning the house or something, you know, which you might, but um, uh, I mean, it says, I felt an inexpressible thrill of delight. Uh, That sounds almost like a joy of conquest, you know. Um, that's my thought. What do you think?
1: I thought it was like it was like finally this thing that's been bothering you for so long is just like putting an end to it. I'm just like okay. that's it. It's over.
0: Okay, it's finally just... the pain is gone. Okay, yeah. that works for me. Uh, I think of the Jains. Are you familiar with like Jainism at all? Not really. So in Jainism, uh, you you're supposed to be a super hardcore vegan mm-hmm. uh, to the point that when you walk, you should wear a mask so you don't accidentally inhale a bug, and when you walk, you should also keep a broom and keep brushing aside the steps in front of you so you don't accidentally step in front of a bug. Or step on a bug, I mean. Okay. And so that's a little bit different than, than our outlook. And so when I see something like that, I first actually don't think about us. I think about people who are Jane. Um, um, and even like when you drink, you drink almost with like an uh, with a straw going through a, a filter to make sure you don't accidentally eat um, or swallow a bug either. So very very strict in terms of preservation of life, and so as you can imagine, they'd be ultra hardcore pacifists, mm-hmm. right? And then a response to that would be, well, what about bacteria and all those things? You know, you're going to be consuming those. You can't do anything about that, and you know some of those bacteria you need to you need to consume, right? But uh, this does always raise the question about the value of life. <coughs> what are the uh, minimum and maximums in terms of values of life? So. If I can, if I can kill a bug that's a nuisance or a danger to me, can I use that to kill a human being who's a human who's a a danger to me preemptively, without a trial? What do you think? Like in war. Da da. Any thoughts?
1: Well, in war, that's different. Why? Because war, you can kill people.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Like, even looking at the zero, like, you mm-hmm. know, they're killing each other, so then that's okay, but I don't think you can preemptively kill someone Okay. because you think they're going to cause you harm or uh-huh. something.
0: But what about Khizar, or Khidr, with the little boy? Well... dun 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 da.
1: I don't know, didn't he have some divine knowledge? <laughs>
0: so, the case with Khidr is... It seems as though he had some knowledge about the future, yeah. right? And so that's the philosophical question, which we'll probably eventually get into in the Singer book, whatever it is. Um, uh, suppose you, you see baby Hitler drowning, and you know it's baby Hitler, and baby Hitler is going to grow up to be Hitler. Mm-hmm. Would you let the baby drown, right? No. And then, then if you don't let the baby drown, then the baby's going to grow up to be Hitler. If you let the baby drown... The baby's not going to grow up to be Hitler, and, you know, six million people are not killed.
1: So I heard this thing, actually, I, I just, it was recently, and someone asked, someone, I forgot, where I was reading this, but okay. then they were just like, if you could go back in time, would you kill a little kid Hitler? Uh. And then the person was like, no, I would not kill a little kid. I would give the little kid love and affection and approval, and then they would grow up and not be a crazy person.
0: So what if that's what made them grow up to become Hitler? What? what if the love and expression, uh, you know, love and compassion and approval and nurturing and all this stuff, is part of his pathway to becoming Hitler? Don No, but that wouldn't be part of his pathway. Well, what was his his family life like when he was a kid? Was he like? I mean, I think th- some tyrants in history were probably um, treated poorly, but I think some tyrants in history were probably given compassion and all that stuff
1: but like, That's there has part to of the be something fundamentally wrong with them. So okay. We can figure out
0: what's wrong and then. So now yeah. imagine the, the, the kid who Khidr kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like the parents are upright. Mm-hmm. So it seems like Khidr kills him, right? Knowing that he's going to grow up to be like a baby, like a Hitler or something. Mm-hmm. And Khidr does take his life, right? For the sake of the parents. I mean, that whole surah, um, surah, surah al Kahf is uh, a very interesting sewer because, like, almost everything in that sewer is backwards, right? And almost everything in that sewer just violates anything that's normal, even starting right from the beginning with the kids sleeping for a zillion years, right? And the fact that it's kids. Usually, you know, kids are not the ones that are the basis of a story. You know, usually it's, you know, a prophet or something like that. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, we'll explore that when whenever we get to the, the appropriate essay in... Um, In the Singer book. Mm -hmm. But it is a question to think about that. Not because it'll be anything practical for any of us anytime soon. But the question is always, well, why? Well, why would you do this? Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Right. And and so, things are different with bugs. The rules are different. And things are also different in terms of animals. There seems to be a difference in terms of animals that have uh, regular eyes versus animals that don't. Okay. So... Think of, um, like, mice and such, you're allowed to to kill them. Snakes, you're allowed to kill them. But generally speaking, um, the rules do not seem to be as strict regarding bugs, except for spiders. Right, spiders, the general sentiment is you should let them be, but I think that assumes it's not a poisonous spider. Right. I experimented with that. Like, I remember when I was first taught how old I was that okay if a spiders comes swinging down on a on a on its little silk um, what is it called A spider Five. but uh, before Five. it becomes a web spider whatever anyways a spider comes dangling down just let it be and you go about your day and so i tried that and literally he just he just continued what he's doing and left me alone right. i don't know if he's a he, he might have be been <laughs> she but but think about that, because I think this is also giving us a hint of, of his character, of, of um, the character of uh, Father Rodriguez that we might see later on. Like, what is it that's actually causing him to have joy in this moment? Is it that he's finally getting free, he doesn't have to be itchy all the time? Or is it something different? Okay. Meaning, I'm asking, can we find parallels in terms of how he looks at the lice, yeah. along with how he looks at the Japanese? Because yeah. I think we made the point before that he is kind of condescending about the Japanese. Yeah.
1: And then I guess, like, when you're saying, like, I'm like, oh, it could just be because he's out of his suffering, but you're yeah. saying it's because of, like, conquering, and then he even compares that to conquering the, yeah. like, the Christian. I'll church. be pointing, yeah, right there at the very so, end. Yeah, so, yeah, that. So it could just, be there, too, okay.
0: yeah. Okay, let's continue. Okay.
1: Some fog still lingered within the wood, but faintly through, it could be seen the blue sky and the distant shimmering sea. After the long confinement in our hut, I now stood again in the open, and giving up the battle with the lice, I, ga- I gazed greedily at the world of men.
0: Okay, so he still uses that language, battle. Try capturing, kill, not battle. Okay, let's continue.
1: Nothing to be afraid of. Grappe's white teeth flashed as he smiled with good humor and exposed his golden hair chest to the rays of the sun. I don't know why we've been so jittery. In the future we must sometimes at least allow ourselves the pleasure of a sunbath. And so, day after day, the cloudless skies continued, and as our self-confidence grew, we gradually became bolder. Together, we would walk along the slopes in the wood, filled with the smell of fresh leaves and wet mud. The good Garape would call our charcoal hut the monastery. When we went for a stroll, he would say with a laugh, Let's go back to the monastery and have a meal with warm bread and good thick soup. But we'd better say nothing about it to the Japanese. We were recalling the life, uh, but We were recalling the life we led, with you, with you. Who are they talking to? Oh, the oh, writing is, these are all yeah. letters. Yeah. Where we were recalling the life we led with you in the monastery of Saint Xavier's at Lisbon. Needless to say, we don't have here a bottle of wine nor a piece of meat. The only food we get is the fried potatoes and the boiled vegetables that the peasants of Tomoji bring us. But the conviction grows deeper and deeper in my heart that all is well and that God will protect us. One evening, an interesting thing happened. We were sitting as usual, chatting on a stone between our hut and the wood. All of a sudden, in the rays of the darkening sky, a huge bird flew out of the trees and, tracing a great black arc in the sky, winged off towards the distant hills. "'Somebody's watching us,' Grappe spoke breathlessly, his eyes fixed on the ground, his voice sharp but hushed, "'Don't budge. Remain just as you are.' From a hill bathed in the dying sunlight, and slightly removed from the thicket from which the bird had sprung up just now, two men stood looking in our direction— we realized immediately that they were not the peasants of Temoji who whom we knew so well. We sat stiff like stones without moving a muscle, uttering a prayer that the western sun would not reveal our faces. Is anybody there? The two men from the top of the hill raised their voices and shouted aloud, Is anybody there? How would they understand that?
0: How would, who would understand that?
1: How would Garape and...
0: Oh, the language? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think... Uh, Garape may speak Japanese. I think we'll see at some point later on he is understanding people when they're speaking Japanese. Um, yeah. Okay, let's see.
1: Were we to answer or to keep quiet, a single word might well betray us. So from fear we said nothing. They're descending the hill and coming here, whispered Garape in a low voice, remaining seated as he was. No, they aren't. They're going back the way they came.
0: I wonder if maybe they, I mean, it's only three words, I wonder if they spoke English. Well, we'll find out when he when he discovers who these people are.
1: They went down into the valley, growing smaller and smaller as they receded into the distance. But the fact was that two men had stood on the hill in the light of the western sun, and whether or not they had seen us, we did not know. The same, that same night, Ichizo came up the mountain, and with him, a man named Magoichi, who was one of the Tosama, As we explained what had happened in the evening, Ichizo's eyes narrowed and he scrutinized every inch of the hut. At length, he stood up silently and after a word to Magochi, the two men began to tear up the floorboards. A moth flew round and round the oil lamp as they worked. Taking a spade that was hanging on the wooden door, Ichizo began to dig dig up the soil. The silhouettes of the two men as they wielded the spades floated on the opposite wall. They dug a hole big enough to to hold both of us and in it they put some straw, then they closed it up again with boards. This, it seems, is to be our future hideout in case of emergency. From that day, we have taken the utmost precautions, trying not to show ourselves outside the hut at all, and at night we don't make use of any light whatever. The next event took place five days after the one I have recorded. It was late at night, and we were secretly baptizing a baby that had been brought along by Omatsu and two men belonging to the Tosama. It was our first baptism since coming to Japan, and of course we had no candles, no music in our little hut. The only instrument for the ceremony was a broken little peasant's cup, which we used for holy water. But it was more touching than the, litur- the liturgy of any cathedral to see that poor little hut with the baby crying, and Omatsu soothing it while one of the men stood on guard outside. I thrilled with joy as I listened to the solemn voice of Garabe as he recited the baptismal prayers. This is a happiness that only a missionary priest in a foreign land can relish. As the water flowed over its forehead, the baby wrinkled its face its face and yelled aloud. Its head was tiny, its eyes narrow. Its eyes were narrow. This was already a peasant face that would in time come to resemble that of Mokichi and Chizo. This child would grow up like its parents and grandparents to eke out a miserable existence face to face with the black sea in this cramped and desolate land it too would live like a beast and like a beast it would die but christ did not die for the good and beautiful it is easy enough to die for the good and beautiful the hard thing is to die for the miserable and corrupt this is the realization that came home to me acutely at this time
0: so what do you think about this first let's talk about uh, baptism what are your thoughts about the the whole concept of baptism like what do we have or why did they do baptism? I never really thought about it. <laughs> so one theory, you know the ayah, i you know, the ayah about Sibghatullah. Yeah. So it's in Al-Baqarah, probably about, I think it's in Al-Baqarah. Um, basically, you know, that Allah is the one who colors us, and you know, we take our color from Allah. Um, and in some commentaries, that's a response to a baptism type of practice that was taking place at that time where babies were being um, put through like some sort of water with saffron in it for some ritual purpose. In Christianity, this goes back to John the Baptist, Yahya, in our tradition. When he meets Jesus, he baptizes Jesus with water. And, <clears throat> and I don't know what the function is in, in Christianity of the baptizing of Jesus, but now a baby, when a baby is being baptized or an adult is being baptized, they're being washed in water with prayers, Uh, essentially as symbolic of, or the effect is that you have now officially embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? And your sins are forgiven, okay? So you're in sin, you're in original sin until your baptism. Now you've been purified. So do we have anything equivalent to that? Even simpler. Like, why do they have original sin?
1: Why do they have original sin?
0: Yeah, like what is what is the source of the sin? Like
1: going back to Adam and Eve. Like. Yeah,
0: so so Adam and Eve, or Adam goes to the tree, and and then we are all carrying the sin of him going to the tree, and then Jesus is sent to absolve us of that sin, okay. and so Jesus is sacrificed as the way to to uh, absolve us of our sins. Of which trace back to Adam, that we are by default sinful in nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so baptism is the acceptance of Jesus and His and His being sacrificed. But for us, we're saying you know, you're not born in sin. We're saying you're born innocent. Yeah. So then by definition, there's no baptism necessary. Uh, yeah. What you're speaking about in terms of things like Hudge and other promises is that you know if you have an accepted Hudge, then you're made sin free. Yeah. Right. But these are all sins you yourself have earned. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and then having said that, what do you think about the way he's speaking? He says, this child also would grow up like its parents and grandparents to eke, eke out a miserable existence face to face with the Black Sea, something, something, so, so. Then it said, he would live like a beast, and like a beast it would die. What do you think about that language?
1: It's like... Like Washi. washi. Sorry? Washi?
0: I mean, wa- I mean, the name Washi, oh, right? He's the beast. I talk yeah. about the, yeah. the guy, yeah.
1: Okay. Um... Yeah, it basically is going along with the way he's been talking about them all along and how he kind of puts them down and looks down upon them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, What if instead of saying beast, we said wretched? So he would live a wretched life and die a wretched life. Does that change anything? Or a different word that's still negative, but might be more of a figure of speech. Because a lot of times if we're saying someone's wretched... um, We might be saying, like, remember, that's uh, the first hadith in the Rumi book, Mm -hmm. that wretched are the poor that visit the the prince. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like saying their existence is worthy of pity, but they can't help it. Would that be nicer? Yeah. Uh, Or they're basically saying, you know, we're coming uh, from a civilized land, civilized people, good and beautiful, and these people are miserable and corrupt, but it still seems to be the same point, how he's looking at them. Okay, let's continue.
1: When they departed, I lay down in the straw, exhausted. The smell of the oil... The smell of the oil of three men had brought brought, still lingered in the hut. Once again, the lice crawled slowly over our backs and legs. I don't know how long I slept, but after what seemed a short time, I was wakened by the snoring of the optimistic Garape, who was fast asleep and then someone was pushing at the door of the hut trying little by little to open it at first i thought it might be only at first i thought it might only be the wind from the valley below blowing through the trees and pressing against the door quietly i crawled out of the straw and in the darkness put my fingers on the floorboards underneath which was the secret hiding place dug by chizo the pushing against the door now stopped and a man's voice could be heard low and plaintive padre padre This was not the signal of the peasants of Tomoji. They had agreed to give three gentle knocks on the door. Now at last, Garape too was awake, and without the slightest movement, he strained his ears for the next sound. Padre, the the plaintive voice made itself heard again. There's nothing wrong. Don't be afraid of us. In the pitch darkness, we held our breath in silence. What sort of crazy official was laying a trap like this? Won't you believe us? We are peasants from Fukazawa. For a long time for a long time, we have been longing to meet a priest. We want to confess our sins. Dismayed by our silence, they had now given up pushing at the door, and the sound of their receding footsteps could be heard sadly in the night. Grasping the wooden door with my hands, I made as if to go out. Yes, I would go. Even if this was a trap, even if these men were the guards, it didn't matter. If they are Christians, what then? Said a voice that beat wildly in the depths of my heart. I was a priest born to devout, to devote my life to the service of man. What a disgrace it would be to betray my vocation from cowardly fear. Stop, cried Grappy fiercely, you idiot. I'm no idiot. This is my duty. As I tore open the door, the pale white rays of the moon bathed the great, the great earth and the trees in silver light. What a night it was. Two men dressed in rags as though they were beggars crouched there like dogs. <laughs> Looking up at me, they murmured, Father, won't you believe us?
0: So again, he connects them to dogs, right? On the one hand, he's speaking of nature with all this beauty... You know the the white the white rays of the moon bathed the great earth and the trees in silver light. Right. The other hand, um, the beggars crouched like dogs.
1: I noticed that the feet of one of them was covered with blood where he had cut himself while climbing the mountain. Both of them were faint and ready to collapse with exhaustion. Nor was this surprising. They had made their way here from the. Goto islands 20 leagues away, a two-day journey. We were on the mountain a while ago. Five days ago, we hid over there and looked across in this direction. One of them pointed at the hill beyond our hut. One of them pointed at the hill beyond our hut. So it was these men that had been watching us that evening. We brought them inside, and when we gave them the dried potatoes that Chizo had brought us, they seized them greedily with both hands and thrust them into their mouths like beasts. Yeah,
0: like beasts. Did they, uh, how did they describe themselves when they were eating these things? Do you remember? Did they say, did they speak of themselves as beasts? Like Carape and Rodriguez? Like I when they remember. first were fed? I don't remember that language. We, we can probably find it. But it's the same language again. I remember he was
1: complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was clear that they had not eaten for two days. And then we began to speak. Who on earth had told them what we were here for? That was our first question. Did you want to? one. Father... We heard it, Father, we heard it from a Christian of our village. His name is Kichijiro. Kichijiro? Yes, Father. So they crouched like beasts in the shadow of the oil lamp, with the potato clinging to their lips. One of the fellows had practically no teeth, but he would stick out the one or two he had and laugh like a child. The other seemed stiff and tense in the presence of two foreign priests.
0: Uh, Let's stop right here, Okay. and then we'll start with, but Kichijiro is not a Christian, I said finally. Okay, okay. so now little by little, it's getting more exciting. Allahu right. subhanak wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa